This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Flourish at Home Show. Your host, Mary Jo Tate, is an international book editor, the homeschooling mom of four boys, and the author of Flourish, Balance for Homeschool Moms. Mary Jo loves to help moms find peace, order, and balance by sharing practical tips, inspiration, and encouragement. Visit her website at flourishathome.com. And now, here's your host, Mary Jo Tate. Hi, I'm Mary Jo Tate. Welcome to the Flourish at Home show. You know, it's hard to get anything done when you're constantly being interrupted. You know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? You're desperately trying to accomplish some task, finish some important project, and the phone rings. The dryer buzzes. The baby cries. You hear a mysterious crash from the kitchen. The doorbell rings. Calgon can't even take you away because it's impossible to get five minutes alone in the bathroom. No matter how well we manage our time, our best efforts are often undermined by interruptions. I'm defining interruptions broadly as anything that keeps us from doing what we need to do by distracting us from our priorities and making us lose our focus. Interruptions can come from strangers, acquaintances, business associates, friends, family, and even from ourselves. They can involve bad or good news, illness, ordinary events, or even enticing opportunities. Whatever the source, they distract us from what we have already planned to do, they hinder our productivity, and they upset our balance. They can trigger bad attitudes and make us frustrated and irritable. Even worse, they can confuse us about what is really important. Today, we're going to focus on how to handle the interruptions and distractions that come from outside our homes, especially through technology. When you spend most of your time at home, some people assume that you're available anytime. After all, how busy can you possibly be, right? Homeschooling and working from home are so different from our society's norms that many people just don't take them seriously. They may call you or drop by your house, although they would never call you or drop by if you worked in an office or a store. Maybe they just want to chat, or maybe they want to ask for your help. They need you to babysit their kids or let the washing machine repairman into their house. Now, it's important to show God's love by serving people, but you simply cannot be available on demand for everyone all the time without neglecting your own family. That's why it's so important to determine your priorities and discipline yourself to focus on them. If this is a challenge for you, you might want to go back and listen to episode 14 of the Flourish at Home show where I talk about finding your focus and your priorities. Learn to think through your choices carefully and have an intentional plan for serving other people instead of just reacting on the spur of the moment to whatever they throw at you. It's essential to establish some boundaries or your true priorities will just be completely undermined. One of the most important things to remember in dealing with any kind of interruption is the concept of opportunity cost. This simply means that you have only 24 hours each day And saying yes to one thing means saying no to everything else at the same time. When you say yes to an interruption, you are saying no to whatever you were already doing and to what you plan to do next. Of course, sometimes we should say yes to an interruption, and that's why it's so important to pray for discernment. And we'll talk a bit more about that in the next episode. But today I want to focus on these technological sources of interruptions. What's your most common interruption? For many people, it's the telephone. 
Cell phones have made it even worse by creating an expectation that everyone should be instantly available all the time, right? You dial somebody's cell phone, you expect them to pick it up. You text them, you expect to get an immediate answer. Well, I love what Lance Morrow said in an article in Time magazine. The telephone call is a breaking and entering that we invite by having telephones in the first place. Someone unbidden barges in, and for an instant or an hour, usurps the ear and upsets the mind's prior arrangements. (laughs) That's a pretty drastic way of looking at it, but if you think about it, it really does usurp the ear and upset the mind. There's something really powerful about a ringing telephone or a text alert, and for most of us, our instinct is to respond immediately like Pavlov's dogs. Just don't. You do not have to reply instantly to every text or answer the phone every single time it rings. If you're in the middle of a phonics lesson with your six-year-old or you're spending some focused time on a special project, just ignore the phone. What's going to happen if you don't answer? Think about it. You don't answer the phone while you're in the shower, do you? No, and the world doesn't come crashing to an end. You may even need to turn the ringer off or put the phone in another room when you really need to stay focused. I still have a landline, and I'll often turn the ringer off the phone in my office when I want to focus, and I keep my cell phone in my purse in another room most of the time, and then check for text messages and voicemails on my own schedule. Now, of course, there are times when you can't do that because you might be expecting an important call, or maybe you have a a child or a spouse who's traveling and you need to be available in case they call, but you can still be selective about whether or not to answer the phone. Caller ID is a great way to be selective about what phone calls you answer. You can avoid telemarketers. You can avoid picking up a call from an excessively chatty friend who's going to take up more time than you know you have to visit right now. And you can answer those calls from your husband or from a child who's away at college or maybe a business client you've been trying to get in touch with. Now, you're still briefly interrupted by the ring or the text alert, and you have to make a decision, but you can control the interruption and limit how long it takes. The answering machine or voicemail is a good servant when you can't or won't answer the phone. The machine can pick it up for you, and you can return the call later on your own time. Call waiting is another very helpful tool, especially if you're expecting an important call. I remember when my kids were young and I didn't have call waiting, and I was so frustrated if I was waiting on the pediatrician to call back, for example, because I couldn't take or place any other calls, and now call waiting takes care of that. But that beep from an incoming call could get annoying. On some phone systems, you can type star 70 before you place a call to turn off call waiting for the duration of that call. I find that very handy if I'm going to be talking to a business client. You can set voicemail to pick up call waiting calls, and you can often even set email notifications to let you know that a voicemail message came in. I also like to use email to respond to telephone messages because I control the timing that way. For example, one day I got a phone call from the mother of a student in my homeschool co-op class, and she had a question about her child's participation in my class, and we could have handled that in 5 or 10 or even 15 minutes if we wanted to be chatty. But she was in a particularly chatty mood, and she talked to me not only about the child who was in my class, but also each one of all her many other children and all the activities they were involved in. And we ended up being on the phone for almost an hour and a half. 
Now, whose fault was that? Was that hers? No, it was my fault for not disciplining myself to say, I'm sorry, you know, I don't have time to keep talking. We'll get in touch another time. So the next time she called, instead of picking up the phone or calling back, I answered her question by email, and then I was free to chat with her maybe the next time we met at lunch over the co-op. If you have a home business, it makes setting telephone boundaries even more challenging. Of course, some businesses are more phone-dependent than others, but you should not have to constantly interrupt family time to take business calls. If you don't want customers or prospects to call you, Instead of posting your phone number on your website, post your email. If you want or need to accept business calls, maybe you can post specific phone hours when you'll answer the phone and have a machine or an answering service pick up at the rest of the time. Or you can hire an answering service to answer all of your calls and then just relay special messages to you. If you have a lot of customer service phone calls, you can try answering a lot of the most common questions in an FAQ section on your website. There are a lot of different ways you can respond to the things that people would normally call you about. One of the most fundamental rules about telephones, and it's something that's so urgently needed in our society today, is this. It's better to ignore your phone than to ignore the people who are with you in person. It's just rude and disrespectful to constantly be picking up your phone to answer phone calls or text messages when you're sitting there in person. Maybe you're having lunch with a friend. You see this all the time or families where everybody in the family is on the phone. Now, there are special circumstances. Maybe that person you're looking down on because they're answering the phone uh, during a meal is actually taking an emergency call. So don't be judging other people for how they use the phone, but discipline yourself to give honor and respect to the person you're with and answer the telephone later. Ultimately, the phone should be your servant, not your master. Take charge of your phone and use it according to your priorities and the kind of life that you really want to lead. What about the doorbell? I have a much harder time ignoring the doorbell than I do ignoring the telephone, but I'm trying to train myself to just ignore it. Or I'll look through the peephole, which is basically the door equivalent of caller ID. And if it's somebody I don't know, I just don't go to the door. If they're campaigning, they can leave a a card in the, the doorway or something like that. But my work time is more important than just answering the door when random people stop by. You can put a note on the door if you're expecting somebody to come by, but you're not going to be available, or even if you're not expecting. I know people who will put a note on their door, we're doing school now, come back after 3 o'clock, or whatever the case may be. Another tip that I've heard, but I haven't personally tried, is to answer the door with work in your hands. Maybe a dish towel and a dish, or some paperwork to show that you've got something you need to get back to, so you can only talk for a minute to whoever stops by. Well, a much bigger challenge for most people than the doorbell is the Internet. The Internet is a wonderful tool. I use it to make my living. I love the Internet. It's great. But it can be as much of a hindrance as telephones and even more. It all depends on how you handle it. You have to discipline yourself to use email and social media wisely and intentionally. If you don't, they can expand to eat up not only all of your available time, but also a lot of your time that's not really available in the first place. One of the best rules for email is try not to go online first thing in the morning. This is prime time for getting work done, whether it's homeschooling lessons with your kids or working on your business. Now, 
This is the ideal. I admit that I do go online first thing in the morning briefly to check email for messages from clients. I'm a night owl. I tend to work late at night and I work with a good many clients who are morning people. And so by the time I get up and get started, they may already have sent me several things that they need answers on. So my goal is to check email quickly first thing in the morning and just look at those messages from clients. But I have to be careful not to get sucked into reading all those other messages too. And I really try to avoid going on Facebook first thing because a quick look at Facebook can take up an hour before I even realize it. Well, how do you handle email? I get hundreds of email messages every week. And so I've figured out a lot of different ways to manage that flow of information so it doesn't take up so much time. One of the best tools I've found is creating rules to sort the incoming messages. This works for me. I use Outlook. I don't know if every email program allows this, but I create rules to automatically sort incoming messages into folders so that all the messages from a particular friend or from a homeschool co-op or a newsletter or from a specific business project or a particular client go into a designated folder so I can quickly go to the things that are important and wade through the rest of them later. You can also force important folders to the top. You know how folders are sorted in an alphabetical list. If you've got some important folders that uh, you really need to see first thing, you can put AAA or A1 at the beginning of the folder name and that forces them to the top of the list. I find this very handy for a handful of my most important projects that I want to be able to find quickly in my email. You can also create subfolders when you need them. For example, uh, I have a folder for an editing client that I do a lot of work for, and every book that I work on for this client has its own subfolder, so I can quickly find exactly what I need to find. Whenever possible, it's best to act on emails right away so that you don't have to handle them twice. However, sometimes there are things you can't take care of right away, so rather than just leaving them to clutter your inbox, you can create a separate folder called Action Items or Reply Soon or something like that to temporarily store those things that you know you need to get back to. But the key to that is going back and checking that folder and taking action rather than just moving them there and letting them die without ever paying attention to them. One of the best ways to manage your email is to minimize the number of incoming messages. Be very intentional and selective about what newsletters you subscribe to, what blog feeds you subscribe to, about Facebook groups, about setting up notifications from social media, and so on, so that the only things that are coming into your inbox are the things that you really need and want to spend time on. For social media, you need to be very selective and use it in moderation and use it wisely. I love Facebook. I'm not that interested in many of the other forms of social media, although I know for my business it's important to be engaged in more than one platform. But whatever social media platforms you use, use them in moderation and use them wisely. Technology has made it possible for us to stay in touch with friends and family and to make new acquaintances all over the world. And use wisely, social media can be a tremendous tool for relaxation, for information, for fellowship, for business networking, and even for ministering to other people. But if you use it carelessly, it can be a distraction and a hindrance to focusing on your family and the priorities that you've chosen. Remember the value of your time and use your time online with discretion and self-discipline. 
On the next episode of the Flourish at Home show, we'll continue talking about interruptions and what we can do about them. Meanwhile, I want to hear from you. What interruptions bug you the most? How do you handle them? Be sure to leave a comment at flourishathomeradio.com and share your best ideas with all of us. And if you need help managing your time and balancing your busy life, you'll find practical tips and plenty of encouragement in my book, Flourish, Balance for Homeschool Moms, which is available at online retailers and through my website at flourishathome.com. I look forward to seeing you next time on the Flourish at Home show. Thanks for tuning in to the Flourish at Home show. For more encouragement, visit Mary Jo at flourishathome.com. The Flourish at Home show is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.